With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Reaction to Carl Rove. I wish you would just go away. (laughs) (laughs) I've had enough of the guy. But but I will will say this. It's... This this whole um, this whole saga is 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 very surreal on on many levels. You you see in this in in, a, in this NSA program you see very strange bedfellows generally. You see uh, um, conservatives lining up with Democrat Republicans lining up with Democrats and vice yep. versa on both sides of the issue. There are people who say he is a patriot. There are people who say he is a traitor, and you can make no rhyme or reason politically or ideologically as to uh, what side uh, these people are on on this. Um, you know, I was thinking about this this morning. I forget what uh, what story article I was reading. Oh, you know what it was? Uh, Glenn Greenwald, uh, yes. the guy who, um, who who for the UK Guardian who released uh, all of the information on basically uh, Edward Snowden's delivery system. Um, the uh, the reporter there, he is going to be speaking, uh, the keynote speaker at a Council on American Islamic Relations event um, it, it, later this month. So you know, I, I, be, I began looking at this and saying, well, you know, there are, there are conservatives who look at um, Greenwald and they like him. Like Eric Bowling is is a guy who is typically uh, more on the conservative end of the spectrum, and uh, you know, he seems to be pretty cozy with Greenwald. Um, and and the, the the whole saga, like I said, the whole saga is just surreal, and you really can't discern anything other than to say um, those those who have a problem with what Snowden did uh, should probably blame Congress first. The fact that the fact that Congress refuses to hold this administration accountable um, is probably as much to blame. Uh, for for this as anything, I mean, had 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 this Congress had developed a reputation of holding the Obama administration accountable, I think that had Snowden done what he did, uh, there would be much more clearer lines of distinction as far as who opposes him and and who doesn't. But I, I just find the whole thing uh, bizarre, and 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 also what side of of the the thing people come down on. It's 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 kind of hard to kind of hard to wrap your head around it sometimes. We've got uh, Ben Barrick joining us today. BenBarrick.com is his official website, and uh, he joins us each and every week around this time to discuss the issues of the day. Uh, there is a, a controversy uh, following the Edward Snowden situation with uh, this, this graphic artist named Dan McCall, who is taking the NSA's emblem and created a new look with a funny twist. Uh when I got finished, I thought this was pretty good. I thought it was fun, says McCall. Soon he was having T-shirts emblazoned to the NSA logo, accompanied by the slogan, Peeping While You're Sleeping, under the parodied uh, emblem was the statement, the only part of the government that actually listens. Uh, what McCall meant as pure parody apparently wasn't funny to the bureaucrats at the NSA. Uh, when he calls it parody, they call it a violation of spy agencies intellectual property and i know all about as we all know when people use the term intellectual property or my favorite term and that's a quick little shout out to my buddies at access tv in salina kansas registered service mark is also another fun term um this in in my case i went and seen all sorts of lawyers and they told me hey um, the logo is out there. You can use it. Uh, too bad. Uh, in this situation, it's it's a little bit different because he wasn't gifted the logo. He uh, just basically is using the logo. What do you think is going to happen here? Because the agency has ordered him to cease and desist. And forced his T-shirts off the market. But on Tuesday, the father of three young boys drew a line in the sand 
with the assistance of Washington, D.C.-based consumer advocacy group Public Citizen. He's suing the spy agency for violating his First Amendment rights. Uh, McCall said he doesn't want his kids to grow up in a country where you can't humor your own government. Uh, sorry, um, that, that's already happened. Um, <laughs> by you being, by you suing them, that you pretty much, uh, shoot the pooper on that one. Um, what, what, what do you think about this, Ben? Does this guy have a case, or is this gonna be one of those, uh, one of those cases that ranks right up there with the insane clown posse suing the FBI for calling their fans, uh, juggalos, uh, uh considering them a, a mafia group. Uh, insane clown posse. There's a blast from the proverbial past, if there ever was one. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the the deal on this, uh, you know, I saw the T-shirt earlier. I didn't dig into the story, but you, we were talking about it before yeah. the show. And I, I mean, for Pete's sake, the government is killing us. I mean, with, with taxes and regulations and everything, give the guy a break. Let him make a T-shirt. Besides, it's a, it's truthful. It's accurate. There's no reason why he shouldn't do it. In fact, the NSA should say thank you for telling the truth about us. <laughs> for, I mean, it's crazy. And besides, we're not talking about some, you know, you talk about intellectual property. We're not talking about some entrepreneur in a garage who developed the Apple computer and wants to protect the logo of his, uh, of his Apple. Uh, we're talking about a taxpayer-subsidized entity with a logo that yep. this guy helped, helps to finance. So uh, let him make the damn shirt. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, I, so so, so do, you, do you think that this is going to go anywhere? Is, is, is he going to... Is he going to have an issue here, or is this going to be one of these things that he's just tied up in court forever? Diggy, I've been waiting for a whole bunch of stuff to go somewhere, and none of it seems to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes! But, but I tell you what, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, it'd be nice, you know. I mean, it, the Rick Santelli rant of 2009 uh, birthed the Tea Party and got people uh, rallied around, uh, you know, higher taxes. Maybe uh, yeah. the NSA T-shirt will get, uh, get America galvanized to fight some other battle. We can only hope. <laughs> Well, see, I, I wondered what was going to go on here because uh, I, this 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 thinks this makes me think that this this uh, this case here is yep. is going to be tied up in court forever because, like I mentioned earlier, what was it? I think it was about a year or two ago at the uh, at the infamous, and we talk about it every year because I just have been always trying to figure out how it's allowed to happen. But the gathering of the juggalos that takes place in Illinois every year that the insane clown posse put on about a year and a half ago, they announced at one of their and I love I love the term that they use one of their seminars. They uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell they did these seminars, but um, uh, they announced that they were going to be suing the FBI. Because the FBI a few years ago began to classify juggalos as a uh, as a gang, and they were like, "Well, we're not going to to stand up for this, and uh, we're going to sue the the FBI because they they have disrespected the juggalos and the juggalettes, and uh, <laughs> they they're they're calling them a gang." Um, that lawsuit is still in court, and I think wow. it'll be tied up forever. Well. Um, this you know. one, if this one does go to trial, I'm sure it'll be under sealed indictment with the only uh, entity having access to it being the NSA. Yes. <laughs> now, before we let you go, uh, the Obama approval ratings, he is having a lot of issues. And I said about two weeks ago or more that when we were all fighting and feuding about the government shutdown and health care and all this, Myself, and then I noticed that that, and I and I'd, I'd also heard Savage say this before me, but I but uh, I heard a few people uh, say, "Hey, just let it go, let this healthcare thing go, let them do it, and then when it all fails, then you guys can come in as the Republicans and say, okay, uh, real, you know, elect us back in office, and we'll fix all this nonsense." But instead, they fought it and fought it and fought it, and then they got a lot of the blame for the government shutdown. And now what's happened is Obama's numbers are in the tank, and the healthcare website doesn't work. 
The former governor of Kansas has got all the congressmen and senators from Kansas going after her. And uh, we got all this chaos. And it's like, if you Republicans would have just stood back and just got, eh, I'm not messing with this, and just let it go. But now everybody's cut each other's throats and nobody's happy and everybody's screwed. Well, I have a bit of a different take on what you okay. said. Because... Uh, because you're 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 looking at this rollout and this disaster. It's affecting the lives of millions of people. So when you when you look at it in those terms, and the angrier people get, and they start to and the dust settles and the smoke clears, and they start looking back at what happened, they can say, "Wow, Ted Cruz and Mike Lee and everybody who were fighting this thing to prevent it from happening had the best interests of the American people at heart." We cannot say at this, you know, say say this thing goes a year and it's and it leaves all kinds of people, you know, in in its wake. Yeah, uh, and, and people are going to look back and they're gonna say, but Cruz and Lee tried to prevent this. These other people decided that they wanted to let it happen and cause what? All this? I think at some point you say, okay, those guys were on the right side of history. These guys were on the wrong side of history. And when it gets down to brass tacks. The uh, the Ted Cruz Mike Lee side of this were fighting for the interests of the American people and the GOP establishment Republican establishment were playing political games and while it may have been right while they may have calculated right that it would fail and that that uh, you know it, it would have a, a similar uh, outcome the the unintended consequences are the American people that that uh, were were hurt by it so I think I think. Um, you know that's still got to play out as far as uh, public public opinion. But Barack Obama's approval numbers—I mean, anybody that has any approval for this guy is—is—they I, I, need to get a new health care plan and find out what's wrong with their heads. How I mean, How can you approve of this guy? Look around. You know, you can't blame Bush anymore. That's. Well, they'll try. <laughs> They've tried, and they yeah, will continue I look, to I've try for a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I am, I am the first person that will say, "Hey, you know, we we got a lot of craziness because of because uh, of W, and you know, him, him and his, you know, we're gonna get those Muslim terrorists. Now watch this drive, you know, all that." But so, uh, <laughs> there are two things that Obama, Obama, automatons will not. Here, one is Obama's a disaster, and the second it is, second is we have problems with Bush too. Yeah, <laughs> they don't hear either one of those things because <laughs> they have been blaming Bush for four years, and even though we say we got problems with Bush too, that yeah, but Bush, yeah, but Bush, uh, they don't they don't get a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's a it's a crazy crazy world that we live in, my friend. It is indeed. Now, before we let you go, let's talk about the uh, the radio program. What, what do you got lined up uh, coming up this week and uh, and moving forward? Well, we had an explosive interview yesterday. I would encourage anybody to check it out, benbarrick.com. The guy's name is Sadiq Ibade, and Sadiq Ibade uh, filed a complaint with the Egyptian Attorney General uh, against Malik Obama, Barack Obama's half-brother. Uh, that I know of, I don't know that he's done any interviews before our show yesterday. But yeah. he he he, uh, he told us that the um, that the suit has been filed with the attorney general. That they are looking at it very closely. That they have taken it very seriously. And there are some high, very high level Egyptian officials that are taking this very seriously. And it has to do with the stuff that we have uncovered uh, over at Shubot.com, and that is. That Malik Obama um, is is a uh, works with the president of Sudan, Omar al Bashir, and uh, and and that president of Sudan uh, is wanted by the International Criminal Court, and so wow, uh, yeah, I mean Egypt is considering uh, put this this complaint is is calling for uh, Malik Obama to be put on the terror watch list in Egypt. Well, if they if they can put Michael Savage on a on a on a watch list, I think they could probably put this guy on a watch list. Good one, <laughs> absolutely. Well, Ben, keep up the good work, and we will talk you to too. you next week, sir. All right, Diggy, appreciate care. it, buddy. Later, bye.
When we get back, it is hour number three. We're off and running, and it's the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Yishu. Back here on the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar show, we have a tremendous guest with us today. Dick Summer joins us, and uh, Dick is pretty much a legend in the uh, in the in the radio business, in the multimedia and entertainment business. This guy has done everything: uh, voiceovers, uh, commercials, uh, radio advertising, audio books. Uh, he, he's an amazing individual, and. Uh, we wanted to have Dick on today to uh, to talk about his legendary career and also talk about uh, some some of the things. Uh, I'm always interested in talking to people in the in the voiceover business, so I wanted to have uh, Dick on today. Uh, DickSummer.com uh, is his website. DickSummer.com is the website. And uh, Dick, talk to me a little bit about how you got started in the TV and radio advertising, voiceover, and commercial industry. I was poor. <laughs> that it's that simple. Well, basically, you know, I had to do something, and I, and I certainly didn't want to work. So, you know, and you said, you know, I've done everything, but I hadn't. I was just waiting for today. I hadn't done your show before. <laughs> well, now, now, now you have, and hopefully, after the experience today, we can get you to come back. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, now, Dick, you have. Uh, you you were you were like it, it seemed like way back in the day, you were the soundtrack to uh, to a lot of people's uh, summer evenings with some of your uh, some of your radio and 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 just just that voice. Um, when did you know that you had this really cool voice that you could uh, put to use? See, it doesn't sound that way to me. Uh, you're you're a professional, so yeah. I'm sure you understand that. Yeah. Uh, you don't sound the same way to yourself that, that you do to other people because the, the, the physics of it is different. I mean, you're listening to yourself basically through your bone structure and other people, yeah. unless they are very close to you in an intimate, romantic relationship, they are not listening to you through your bone structure. Yeah. It is, that, that is, that is, uh, so amazing that there, there are, uh, these these voiceover artists and there are people out here that uh, that are that are doing this work, and I know that uh, you you are correct with because there's been a lot of times people will will call me on the phone or they'll uh, they'll they'll you know get a hold of me somehow and they're like you, you you sound like you have a radio voice and I remember way back in the day I had a few program directors that told me you don't have a voice for radio yeah well I've been told that many times I, I, and I don't neither one of us have radio voices. Yeah, uh, because a radio voice is, sounds like this. I can do that. I hurt myself right. every time I try, but I can. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I've tried on the air and, and in the books that I've written and the CDs that I've done. But I, I try to be a human being. I, I try to be me because I figure everybody else is taken. And <laughs> you, you can't. I love that. Well, you know, you, you can stick your finger in your ear and have a deep voice, but then you sound like, you know, a zillion other guys who've got their fingers stuck in, in their ear or maybe in your ear. I don't know. And, yeah. and they also have deep voice. What's the difference, you know? So I just like to, to talk the way I talk. And, uh, that, that is, as you know, sometimes is a difficult thing to do. And I think that, um, I think there was a time when that was valued in the voiceover business. I'm not sure that that's still the case. Uh, we seem to have gotten into a kind of a strange era in terms of the voiceovers. You know, everybody's trying to outscream the other guy. And I don't want to do that, and I won't do that because I can write books. <laughs> well, that too. We've got uh, author and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame radio personality Dick Summer with us today. He is uh, just just an amazing guy. He's he's written several books. Talk to me a little bit about the writing process. What is what was that like when you when you first uh, picked up the pen and paper and, and decided to, to pen uh, one of these great books? Because uh, well, you, you, you have a lot of good books. Yeah. And um, <laughs> actually, what happened was I, I was on the air in Boston at WBZ and. We we started 
in what was called the underground rock at the time it was it was Dick Summer Subway was the name of the program, and we were playing artists who were really saying something. We were playing Hendrix and The Doors and you know people like that, and it made no sense to me to do disc jockey chatter kind of stuff between those records. So I started writing transitions from one to the other. Basically, that's what they were. And I found out that this beautiful girl who worked at the radio station would listen to the show and copy these things down, that she had made a notebook of them, and so I married her. <laughs> That is that that is that is fabulous. Well, that's how that's how Love and Touch book started. Believe it or not, I really did. And um, and the, the the new one is called uh, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot. That's a totally different different book. The uh, Random House uh, was kind enough to call the Love and Touch books poetry. I don't know if they're poetry or not. They were things that I, I really felt very deeply about. But you know, I guess. You know, one one guy's poetry is another guy's propaganda. You know, but um, but but this book is important to me. This staying happy, healthy, and hot, because I have noticed over a period of time that a lot of my friends have just let themselves deteriorate into kind of lumps of lukewarm meat, and you don't have to. There is no reason to let yourself dissolve into a lump of, of lukewarm meat just because you don't look like the people in the beer commercials anymore. You know, yeah. their perky breasts and the fancy abs. You know, that, that's what the dreary, dreadful drones do. They, they let themselves kind of deteriorate into that. They, I, I have friends who, who I say, what are you doing for fun? Well, oh, there's nothing to do. <laughs> Come on. Give me a break. And the pimple people aren't too attractive either. You know, the pimple people, they you know, walk around driving nails through their tongues, you know, and uh, sending uh, texts during lovemaking. You know, they they, they kind of clueless. And so we figured, you know, we just start the Louie Louie generation. You remember Louie Louie? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I have yet to meet anybody who doesn't remember Louie Louie. And it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, I was talking to a, a teenager, you know, a 13-year-old kid a, a couple of weeks ago. So you remember Louie Louie? I figured no. But yeah, that was a one-hit wonder in the 50s. And the reason people, there's a couple of reasons people remember. First of all, there's a lot of energy to it. Secondly, um, it, it, was, it was thought to be kind of sexy, because people thought the words were dirty. They weren't, but they, that's what people thought, and that's what counts, you know. Most of the guys from the Louie Louie era had the official words to the song folded in, in, into their wallets. And one of the reasons Louie Louie was a very popular dance was a very simple dance to do. And guys are simple, you know, that kind of guy. Yeah. And um, so it, it, it was a lot of energy to it, and it was kind of sexy. And that's why I called the anthem to those of us who are absolutely determined to uh, keep having a good time. Is uh, you know, our, our anthem is, is Louis Louis? And so yeah, you know, and, and so if, if your anthem is Louis Louis, you gotta have Big Louis, right? Come on, James, you, you don't agree with that. And Big Louis has some sayings. One of his sayings is, "If you have any moving parts left, move them." And another one is you can never tell when something wonderful is going to happen. And that's true. You just don't know. You watch. I, I had no idea that some beautiful woman who happened to be working at the radio station was listening to me on the air and, and copying the things that I was writing down and, and that, that we would make a book out of it. You never know. Something like that's gone. Well, you don't. Another one is honesty equals the truth plus maybe think about that sometimes somebody says well the world is flat look right ufos <laughs> well i fly a little airplane and i've seen some things that i can't describe i don't know if they're from the planet zork <laughs> but but they're well, they're they're unidentified i don't know what they are we've got uh dick summer with us today DickSummer.com is his website and uh he is he is an amazing individual i you have got i was i was doing a uh a, a search on you several weeks ago when we booked you on this broadcast and you have 
lots of radio station call letters associated with your name, my friend. I got fired a lot. <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah, and that seems to be what 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 a lot of people um what 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 a lot of the greats have uh in common is that they get fired a heck of a lot. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your time. I believe it was a station called WMEX. What 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 what, what springs to mind when those call letters are, are uh, come across you? Well, that was my one excursion into being an executive. Um, I I grew up in Brooklyn and I used to listen to WNEW in New York. Yep. That was my favorite station. Yep. Eleven thirty. And I finally got to work there. I got to work with the guys I used to listen to. What a thrill. I, it's, it's hard to tell you what a thrill that was. But what happened was I was doing the overnight show, which is called The Milkman's Matinee. And um, a guy named Julius LaRosa was a big singer at that time. And yeah. he got fired from his network gig. The radio station offered him the afternoon drive gig which he accepted, which pushed everybody back, and there is no place to push the all-night guy, guy back but out. <laughs> and uh, so they offered me weekends, but, you know, I had kids, and I, and I couldn't do that. So I went back up to Boston, and I programmed WMEX. And I, I found, much to my dismay, that I am a really lousy executive. <laughs> No, it's true. And really? I, I, okay. How, how 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 did you realize this? Um, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it wasn't just that. I just didn't. I didn't like it. I remember it was a it was a, a very tight top forty station, and I, I that's not my kind of stuff. And so when I got there, I said, "Okay." I sent out a memo. I said, "Okay, we're going to have some fun." Nothing happened. So I called the DJ meeting. They said, "Come on, we're gonna have some fun between the, the music." So, so they started talking and talking and talking and talking. I said, no, 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 guys. You know, and it, it, one of the problems is, and I, I don't know, you know, I, I do know that you are involved in some business situations, and you're probably an executive, and I'm insulting you to no end, and I don't mean to. <laughs> but it, it, I only know who I am. Yeah. I don't know who you are. Yeah, and and as long as, I, I have found that as long as I continue to be me, I'm okay. As soon as I start trying to be you, I really flunk out. That's awesome. And, <laughs> so what's well, true? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things Big Louie always says too, and staying happy, healthy, and hot. You know, and one of the things that he says I think is really important is is. You know, we can't change what is, but we can change what we do about it. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what we call the gratitude attitude. It's like I, I, I look in the mirror, I got gray hair, you know, and you think, oh, my God, my hair. But I got hair, you know. <laughs> we got trouble in our country. Yes, we do. But the word we means we've got us. Yeah. And we're winners in our country, you know. I hate my job. I got a job. How about instead of not tonight, dear, I have a headache? How about not tonight, headache, I've got a deer? <laughs> I love that. Well, come on, you're a guy. you got to understand that. We've got uh, Dick Summer with us today. He has uh, he has been on some of the nation's biggest stations throughout the uh, world. He is, uh, he's, he's worked for everybody from WNEW, uh, WPIX, uh, the NBC Radio Network, Westwood One, uh, all over the place. And uh, talk to me a little bit about some of your memories at uh, Westwood One. That was the situation. The guy by the name of Norm Pattis started Westwood One. He is just a brilliant guy. He started Westwood One in in his garage out in Los Angeles or near Los Angeles. Uh, in Westwood, as my friend, that's why it's called Westwood One. Uh, and he was a very young guy. We started this, and I, I suppose you should explain really what what syndication radio is to your to your audience. Uh, syndication radio basically is uh, a process of uh, usually recording a program, and, and then it is sent around to a whole bunch of different stations to play it back. Yep. It's not quite like a network, but it's it's, it's something like a network. And he started this this huge syndication thing uh, with a with a program 
called American Top 40, which you may have heard of. Casey Kasem before Casey Kasem, Ryan Seacrest. Right. <laughs> Casey Kasem, that's right. Yep. And, 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 and he made syndication a respectable thing because the programming up until that time on syndication was, was, was mostly pretty much Sanko stuff. But he did only quality stuff. And I had a, a show on his uh, syndication system called uh, That's Love. And it was co-hosted by a young lady uh, out in Los Angeles. I was in New York. She was in Los Angeles. And we did this thing, you know, every week. And it was uh, it was a wonderful thing. And I just spoke to Norm recently because uh, I do a podcast. I do a podcast every week at uh, dicksummer.com slash podcast. little plug. Um, <laughs> and he has started a thing called Podcast One, which indicates to me that he is going to do probably the same thing with podcasts as he has with uh, radio syndication. Yeah. And, you know, so there's there's some interest going on on both of our parts that, that we could become involved with it. That, that, that's the Westwood One story, basically. Well, uh, you, you, you've done your time on various stations across the country, and uh, the, the, the love of radio and everything. Now, um, you, you, you touched there on podcasting. What do you think of the new frontier, uh, internet radio, podcasting, all these uh, various forms? I think it's wonderful, because what it's, what it's done... Uh, up until this time, and up until the time of podcasting and blogs and things, uh, there was a stranglehold on the means of communication, mass communication, yeah. uh, on the part of the people who could afford to own radio stations or television stations or newspapers. That Now, anybody, I can sit down here. I have a, I have a little studio in my basement where I record the television commercials that you know basically put the pork on the pork. On the fork. Yeah. Uh, and and I do my podcast down here, and I put it up every goes up every Saturday, and it, it's it's not I don't make any money on it. It's um, it's basically because I just I love sitting behind a microphone and talking to people, you know. And my wife had a very serious accident a number of years ago, and I, I of course mentioned this on the podcast, and she got a teddy bear from a guy in China who listened all the time. He's American, and he's working for a Chinese company over there. She got uh, a, a football from a, a guy in Wales who uh, was a professional, uh, I guess, soccer player, they call him over there. And, and she, got, she got cards from all over the world wow. from this little podcast that I do down in my basement. And it was it was amazing, you know. I, I I I haven't tried to make any money with it. I'm not planning on trying to make any money with it because like I said I I just love doing this. I love sitting and talking to people. I, when I was at NBC Radio in New York, it's in the middle of the RCA building. Now, James, think about this: RCA building is sixty some odd stories tall. Okay. Yeah. It's this. It was, it was in the middle of the night. I, I was on 10 o'clock to 2 in the morning, and, and um, it, it was just Dick Lombardo was my engineer and me. That's it. We're probably the only people in the building. <laughs> and, and, and we're talking basically to the country. And people would call up and tell me stuff that they wouldn't tell their confessors. You know, because in the middle of the night, you know, it, when people are on the air during the daytime, people, you know, people in the daytime are running around. They're doing their life. Yeah. But in the middle of the night, if you're listening to the radio, it's because you want to listen to the radio. You want to have, you want to have somebody who's going to, you know, like punch you on the shoulder and tell you a little bit of an off-color joke or, or maybe put his <laughs> arm around you or whatever, you know. And, um, and, and I could do that. And I just loved that. So my podcast is called Good Night, and obviously it can be downloaded anytime. But uh, one of the things that I like about it is the fact that people do download it. You can see on the control panel, and most of it, it's downloaded most of the time between 11 p.m. and about 2 a.m. So, you know, I'm talking to the same basic people as I was talking to before, and I just love that. 
We've got Dick Summer with us today. Uh, he is a, an amazing uh, broadcaster. He's a he's an amazing voiceover artist. I I, I noticed that uh, not just in the world of, of of podcasting and internet radio and things are uh, certain broadcasters and and a lot of new broadcasters coming back, but I noticed that the voiceover industry is sort of a, a boom on the internet. Um, what, what what do you make of, of everybody with a deep voice uh, <laughs> trying to jump in and do voiceover work online? Is is that the same sort of booming industry that internet radio and podcasting is? Or well, I, I really don't know, uh, James, because when I was most active doing voiceovers uh, was while I was in New York, and at that time there were oh. In New York, I, I would guess that there were probably 30 guys, yeah. and, and it was mostly guys, yeah. who, who were doing voiceovers for national commercials. And out of those maybe 30 guys, there were probably seven who were the interior guys, the guys who made, you know, you know, guys who made most of the money and did, you know, most of the probably 50% of the commercials was done by those seven guys. Yeah. Then the next group out was maybe 10, 15 guys. That's where I was. Uh, we were guys who worked regularly and did fine, you know. And then there was the outer fringe of, of people who would work once in a while. Uh, and one of the reasons for that was that uh, most of the commercial activity at that time was out of New York or out of L.A. So when you're working in LA, in New York, obviously, uh, that's uh, a good thing to do. You do commercials, so that's what we did. I don't think that's the same anymore because, as I said, I can sit in my basement and, and do my commercials, which I do, uh, and, and I send them off, and I, I never see the people involved a lot of times. Yeah. So it's a different kind of a situation right now. We've got Dick Summer with us today here on the big broadcast, and we've got uh, a little bit of time left uh, with 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 Dick here on uh, this amazing, amazing interview. I, I appreciate you making time for us today, my friend. This has been uh, true, truly an honor. Uh, we we have been having some amazing guests on, and I just I, I just that they all pale in comparison to you and your background, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, you're a guy. Let me tell you, it's part of part of staying happy, healthy, and hot. The new book, okay? Yeah. I, I try to explain guys because people who have higher voices and are somewhat, you know, probably more advanced than we are. <laughs> I don't well, know how anybody can be more guys, advanced you than you. Are, you guys are um, immature. Yeah. And I've been trying to explain why that is. It's not our fault. Now listen carefully, James, <laughs> because you may need this. I think I am. Our I'm taking guys, notes. Guys' brains are swimming in a sea of testosterone. Okay? Yes. That's true. Now, what is testosterone? Testosterone is a preservative. What does a preservative do? It keeps grungy stuff from growing on meat and things like that, right? So the word grunging is ba uh, the word uh, uh, growing is basically the same word as maturing. Now our brains are swimming in this sea of testosterone, which absolutely makes it chemically impossible for us to mature. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yes. <laughs> it's just like the Men Are Saints campaign. Very That's much so. Men Are Saints campaign. I'll give you a fast example. Men, men are not given credit for the, for the wonderful things that we do. In, in I, I live in the Northeast, and Thanksgiving is always a cold day. Where do the guys around here encourage our wives to spend most of the day? In the kitchen. In the warmest room in the, in the house, which yes. is the kitchen. <laughs> While we, in a manly exhibit of, of courage throw ourselves in front of the harmful rays coming from the television tubes. Do we get credit for that? No, we don't get credit for that. How often have you seen You should have went into sales, not voiceovers. <laughs> wow. how, how often have you seen a guy go into a, a, a dangerous bar and invite a girl up to the safety of his apartment? Does he get credit for that? No, no he does not. You don't see that. Oh my God. God, I am I am feverishly writing every single thing here down. 
I'm going to use these. I'll give you full credit, but I will use these. <laughs> so please do, and then you'll get fired too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, 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 Dick. As um, as as we wrap up here, we've been talking about your career. We've been talking about the book and everything here. Um, what what is what is next for you as as, as far as uh, writing? Uh, what 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 is the, what is the next book? Well, I tell you, uh, as I think. You, you may understand Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, which is the new book. It's available yep. on Amazon. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> it, it, it was intended to be, it's 54 stories about things that really have happened in my life. And I lead a happy and a funny life. So that's what's in here. But there is an underlying purpose to it. And I'll read you a note that came in yesterday on the email to me from somebody who had read the book. And then you'll probably understand what's next this, this is an honest email it says I have read your book and now when I look at my past relationships I think what was I thinking of I think you have promoted me into a much better and greater expectation of my future relationships and I thank you for that see that's the real purpose of the book it's fun because Big Louie always says you know lions roar uh, monkeys gibber and people preach and I'm not big on preaching but so many of my friends, and I'm serious about this, they, so many of the guys I used to play softball with or whatever, uh, they just they just let themselves go. Why? You don't have to be young to have fun. <laughs> and 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 when when you have fun, when you're happy, you know very well. You've seen all kinds of, of studies says when you're happy, it, it tends to keep you healthy, and when you're healthy it can be hot i mean look at it the other way you know not tonight dear i have a headache that's what happens when you're not healthy so that's the basic points behind the book well and i want to go further than that it's it's uh, i cannot wait to uh to pick this book up as well as uh read the follow-up that i'm sure you're uh uh aggressively working on as we speak um, Dick, this has been an honor. This has been a privilege. Uh, we've we, we've talked to Neil Bortz, Barry Farber, all sorts of people on this broadcast, but nobody compares to your stature as far as uh, I'm concerned. Well, and, you put, uh, those those two names are very important names in the broadcasting business, and I respect them both greatly. And uh, Dick, thanks for doing this, and I hope to catch up with you next couple months. And uh, like I said, just thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you, James, and you take care. Definitely. We'll talk to you soon. Dick Summers with us today here on <laughs> the Big Broadcast. Dick is a amazing, amazing guy. He has uh, he has been all over the place. Uh, DickSummer.com is the website, and uh, just just an amazing, amazing individual. Thanks to him for being on with us today. We're going to take a quick time out here. When we come back, we have more. So keep it locked, keep it loaded to the big show. One of 700 radio show hosts included in the book, Radio Wants You, an intimate portrait of 700 radio shows that welcome guests. What a loser. And this is Interviews from the Past and Present, now available on JiggyJagwire.com. I was really surprised about that. Quick programming note. Uh, welcome back to the broadcast. This segment is brought to you by Go to Meeting with HD Bases. That's right. With colleagues working from home or traveling for business, getting everyone together for a meeting can be an impossible task. Believe me. I have the solution. Go to Meeting with HD Faces. Your team can meet face-to-face while online, no matter where they are. It takes only seconds, and it's so easy. Go to Meeting by Citrix allows you to collaborate on files and plans online. And with HD Faces, you just need a webcam to turn your online meetings into a group HD video conference. Now you can participate on the go using the built-in camera on your iPad. Just download the free GoToMeeting app to join. Talk about seeing facial expressions and body language is just so much clearer. And uh, it builds a connection with attendees and it just enhances your communication process. I love GoToMeeting. Uh, we use this all the time. As you know, if you've been following me on Twitter or Facebook, I've been talking about all the high-level meetings we've been having recently with our uh, teams around the country. And uh, we use GoToMeeting 
constantly, and it is fabulous. Start hosting your face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. My listeners can try it free. Yes, you can try it free for 30 days. Don't wait for this. Don't wait. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Be sure to use the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com. Radio.com. We have the great Greg Jackson with us today here on the big broadcast. Greg, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Jiggy. How about yourself, buddy? Good, actually. Now, uh, over the weekend, we had the presidential uh, correspondence dinner, White House correspondence dinner, or whatever it was. I didn't get an invitation. I don't think you did either. Uh, <laughs> That's a big surprise, huh? <laughs> well, it's it's not a big surprise when I don't get invited anywhere. But you, I'm a little shocked about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you think you think I'd get invited to some party party uh, deal like that, huh? You you would think. Uh, we, I think I'd be like first on the list. <laughs> For, you know they 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 just send out the the invitations and and you're the you're at the top of the uh, at the top of the pecking order. Now we've got um, Greg Jackson with us today. Greg with two G's. Jackson dot com is his official website, and uh, he does his little Monday thing with us each and every week. And uh, we get so many responses, so many good emails, so many good tweets, Facebooks, all these things of uh, just how people enjoy the crap out of you, my friend. So uh, that 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 should make. Praise God. Good. Now, Praise God. It's fun, it's fun coming out. Now, talk to me about the Mitt Romney situation. Uh, Obama made some jokes about him at the correspondence dinner. Um, do we have to? <laughs> do we have to talk about Mitt Romney? <laughs> oh, man. What is Before we get into that, I, I, yeah. I, I want to know. What is this deal with Newt and the I'm not dropping out till Tuesday nonsense? <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I I don't know. I um I, I I stopped trying to figure all this stuff out because it's kind of a it's kind of a sideshow and it's kind of beside the point. A lot of this stuff, it's kind of a I believe a distraction from the major issues of our day. I mean, Rome is burning, okay, and we we get fixated on these peripheral issues. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like a sleight of hand, like a magician uses a sleight of hand to distract the audience. And I think of that, you know, we discussed this last week. I did a couple of interviews today and talked about the same issue, which is that the, the Republicans and the Democrats, people, this goes back to our book, We Won't Get Fooled Again, which is that, you know, for the past generation, I mean, these, every year these parties get more and more alike. And I figured out that there really is no fundamental principle difference. I mean, maybe along the edges on some of the issues, there's a few minor differences, but on the major things, they're fundamentally the same party, uh, the Republicans and the Democrats. And so, I, you know, I don't have the energy. I really don't. I, number one, I don't have the energy to get fixated on how evil Obama is and, and trashing him all the time because it's, it's like uh, we call it on this radio show that I, that I do here in Denver, we call it the Obama, we call it the I-Roll radio. Like when people just, you know, get on and attack like Sean Hannity. You know, he spends most of his time attacking Barack Obama and telling everybody what we already know. The guy's a communist. He's, a, he's an out-and-out Marxist liberal liar. And it's like, okay, we know that, but let's talk about why Obama is in power in the first place. Could it be that Christians and conservatives, by compromising on core, moral, foundational, ethical, moral, and spiritual issues for the past generations, uh, may have uh, actually enabled Obama to be president? And, and, and could, could that be the reason? And that's, of course, the central theme of our book. But really, I mean, when it comes down to it, Jiggy, I, I, I try not, I don't have enough energy. Uh, you know, I have a family and, 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 and a wife, and I'm not, I don't choose to 
fooled, you know, get fooled by the Republican Party. Obama's so bad, you got to vote for this guy Mitt Romney because he's not as bad as Obama, lesser retrievals. So didn't we do that four years ago and four years ago before that and four years ago before that? And um, how'd that work out for you? Not well. I don't think it worked out too well. So <laughs> why not do something different? Why not, and I have an article coming out on World Net Daily, either tomorrow or the next day that I think you'll find of interest, which essentially the most common question I'm asked, Jiggy, is, so, you know, can a Christian support Mitt Romney? Um, and and, and why, why wouldn't you support Mitt Romney? Well, you know, I think, the, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a valid question, and, and I think it, we get right, right to the heart of the matter when we, when we choose to deal with it. For me, I'm not going to condemn anybody who votes for Mitt Romney or Barack Obama, for that matter. I'm not going to condemn them. But as for me, I know too much about the man. I know that he signed $50 abortion in the law three years after his supposed pro-life conversion, that he was the founding father of sodomy-based marriage in America, that he you know, opposed the Bush tax cuts, raised taxes and fees by a billion dollars. By the way, all this can be found at gregjackson.com, all the documented uh, uh, proof links I have on my homepage at gregjackson.com for your listeners who maybe they're not aware about Mitt Romney's far left-wing record. But the fact of the matter is that I believe that we should try a novel approach, which is this. Let's make sure that whoever we vote for, for any elected office, whether it be the presidency or Congress, even on the state level, legislative, executive, let's, let's try, since we're doing the interviewing, since they're the that notion. And they, we, they work for us, and since we're conducting the job interview, Jiggy, why don't we make sure we understand what the job entails, what the primary duty is as a civil magistrate in our civil government, and then look at the records to see if they perform those duties in accord with uh, the, the uh, supreme law of the land, like the Constitution of the United States. And so I know. I mean, it, it, it really is as simple as that. And if you can't, if you can't, haven't demonstrated that you have abided by your constitutionally sworn oath in the past, if you don't understand why civil government exists in the first place to protect inalienable rights, and if 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 you don't, uh, if you if if you won't enforce those inalienable rights when you're president of the United States, I can't vote for you. And that's not a me problem. That's a you problem. And if and what I'm saying is instead of settling for baby killer A versus baby killer B, why don't we do something different? Why don't we do something different? Why don't we just say, no, I reject the baby killing socialist from the Republican Party and the, you know, the baby killing Democrat. We reject them both. And by the way, your listeners, many of them, I know they're very, you've got a very astute audience, know that, that the first Republican, seeing as how we're talking about the Republican primary, was Abraham Lincoln. He was a third party candidate. And I believe that the Republican Party should go the way of the Whigs, just like it did in the 1860s. I mean, if there ever a time for the Republican Party to go away, it's now. Um, but, you know, by the same token, I'm not saying you can't vote for Republicans. I certainly would if there were one who, under, who would abide by his constitutionally sworn oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. We're in this mess because we have failed, like it or not, I believe, to hold our elected representatives accountable. We get the, the, the politicians in office, we complain that they're all corrupt and compromised. Well, we vote for them. We're the ones right now making the case. You know, everyone's sending me emails. You've got to support Romney. You're going to put Obama in office. Uh, you know, as if, as, if it's, as if I should just check all of my values at the door and just fall in line and, and put the Republican Party above my faith and my principles, you know, and, and I'm not going to do it. I've been on this train. I went off. And I'm trying to encourage other people. That's why we wrote our book, We Won't Get Fooled Again, Where the Christian Right Went Wrong and How to America, Make America Right Again. This is a perfect example. Everything that we're dealing with right here in this election, it's almost, a, it's almost unfortunately, a, 
a replay of 2008. And I've already come to the conclusion, Mitt Romney's not going to beat Barack Obama. We've already messed up. If he becomes the nominee, he will lose. Barring any third-party candidate that can, um, you know, acquire enough support, um, you know, Obama is our president. Don't blame it on me. Blame it on the Republican Party who shoved Mitt Romney down our throat like they shoved John McCain down our throat in 2008. And, and so what I'm trying to encourage people to do is think differently, and my co-author Steve Dace, who wrote the book with me, to think differently about the way Christians and conservatives engage in politics. In other words, I'm not looking for perfection, but what I am looking for, Jiggy, are politicians who will get it right on the main things. You know, I don't expect you to get it right on everything, but I expect you to uphold your constitutionally sworn oath to know why civil government exists, to know the, what, the enumerated powers of the three branches of government. I mean, I can't tell you how sick I am of hearing conservatives talk about, like Charles Cardhammer did on Fox News last week, about how the Supreme Court is the final arbiter of what is and isn't legal. I mean, that's absurd. Hamilton, in, in, in Federalist Paper 78, said that the judiciary is the weakest of the three branches having neither the power of the person nor the power of the sword. And yet, I mean, that is a conservative, rock-bed, Republican conservative issue, and we're even getting it wrong on that. We've got Greg Jackson with us today. Greg with two Gs. Jackson.com is his official website. And uh, Greg joins us each and every Monday here on the big broadcast. He's one of our regular contributors. Uh, Greg, give me your thoughts on this CISPA law that uh, – Obama says he's going to veto, but we all know, much like the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, he said he was going to veto that, and he went ahead and signed that on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> what, what, what do you think of this CISPA thing? Refresh, refresh my memory on this. Um, CISPA is basically a law that would allow the military to have access to your private information. It would allow um, if, uh, let's say, the military or the police would like some information on you, they don't have mm-hmm. to get a warrant. They don't have to get any type of information. They can just go to Facebook or some of these other places, and they can just turn, yeah. it over, turn over the information. And uh, it's, it's a it's a strange, strange law, my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, we I mean, you and I both know we are living in a post-constitutional republic. We don't have the rule of law. We haven't had it for many years. Uh, the law is whatever man says it is, and that's what happens when you do it with a moral absolute and uh, transcendent moral authority based on God's supreme, divinely inspired law. You get you, you, the, the law becomes whatever man says it is. So we shouldn't be surprised that this is happening. Uh, like I always say, when when the government fails in their duty and their sworn duty to protect and defend the inalienable right to life and consents to the intentional death, the intentional murder of four thousand babies per day, why would you think they're going to get it right on any other matter, but any economic or social matter for that for that matter? So. I'm not surprised when I see these things happening. I believe that America is under judgment. I believe that we are being judged for uh, being disobedient. You know, God says, thou shalt not murder. We've, we have close to 60 million abortions uh, you know, in, over the past generation. And, the, and I believe that their blood is crying out. I believe that when you mainstream homosexual sodomy, in a culture or a society, there are repercussions. We serve, we, we live under a just God, and His justice uh, will be meted out. And, and His, His, um, His, uh, what is it called when you're, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the word when yeah, I, I, you're. I, I know what you're talking about, my friend. But his, yeah, but his, yeah what, what I'm trying to say is that um, there comes a time that we, that we must pay for the things that have been done in this country. And I know that this isn't popular. Everybody wants to hear, oh, yeah, we're going to get back to Ronald Reagan in the 1980s and everything's going to be peachy keen and it's just going to be like leave it to beaver again in America. But I don't believe that. And so I can't say that. I can't, you know, we, we have a just God and we have a very patient God. That's the word I was looking for. But his patience will not endure forever. So I think the sooner we recognize that the things that the Obama administration are doing, the, ter- the tyranny that we are under, 
is mostly a result. We reap what we sow of a nation that has turned its back on God. We have turned our back on God, especially over the last generation. We've told him he's not needed in our schools, in our courts, uh, in our in, 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 in our businesses, anywhere, entertainment, he's just not wanted. So I believe that God is saying, okay, you don't want me in your society? I'm going to give you over. And, 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 and a society that uh, does not revere and respect the authoritative, infallible word of God uh, is given over to a, a, a culture and a society of lawlessness. And that's what you of course, everything that Obama has done, from day one, has been legally null and void, not only because he's not constitutionally eligible to serve as President of the United States, which he's basically just acknowledged, nod, nod, wink, wink, wasn't, you know, I wasn't born in Hawaii. I mean, he knows it's all a joke. And um, the fact of the matter is, shame on us, conservatives and Christians, for continuing to compromise on the things that God explicitly forbids us to compromise on. We've got Greg Jackson with us today. That's Greg with two G's, Jackson.com. And uh, speaking of, uh, you mentioned earlier uh, mm-hmm. uh, Obama and this and this birth certificate and uh, all this craziness. Um, recently, Obama's Kenyan birth certificate came out. Is this thing for real, or uh, is is this just some internet hoax? Well, it could be, you know. And there's all, you know how the communists work. They 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 use uh, you know all of these different psychological techniques and and uh, propaganda to you know sometimes they put a false story out there that seems true, but oftentimes it's 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 you know the ones who who want the story to to be false that are that are putting it out there so that when it's uncovered as as not true. You know, people say, oh, yeah, that was just a hoax. Um, you know, I wouldn't put it past the Obama administration to engage in those type of tactics. But, look, I think even a, a trained monkey, you know, like a third or fourth grade level of reading, yep. can, c- should be able to see that Barack Obama was not born in Hawaii. He's not constitutionally eligible to serve as president of the United States. But then again... I, I say that's a secondary issue. The question is, why are we in this situation in the first place? How is it that we have an illegal alien in the White House, a usurper? And, you know, I just keep going back to the fact that, you know, Obama is but a symptom of the problem. And the more we're focused on the symptom, instead of treating the, the underlying cause of the disease, the more we're just going to waste our time, be diverted, like that sleight of hand from, you know, the magician I was talking about earlier, and not focus on the things that really matter. And from my perspective, Jiggy, what I see in America is that we were once a God-fearing nation whose heart was inclined to God, not a perfect nation, certainly not without blemish. You look at slavery and some other things that, uh, you know, that, that America has done in her past, certainly not a perfect nation. But I think if you, if you, you know, look at 300 years of American history, it's no accident that we were the most prosperous and the strongest nation in the history of the world because we were the most God-fearing nation. And I think that until we return back to those founding principles and, and uh, you know, really just reverence toward God's word. In our, and I'm not talking about living under a theocracy, although I would argue that every culture and society is a theocracy. The question is who your theo is, who your God is. And, uh, but I do believe that if there's any hope for America, it's, it, there has, it has to come from the pulpits in the churches of America. There must be repentance. And, and that's the only thing that will uh, generate any true revival um, you know, like what happened before the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, and now what we're seeing in 2012, another apocalyptic, uh, you know, wars, you know, that really began in 9-11, the war against terror, as it's, I don't think, very aptly called, but we'll just, <laughs> yeah. for, for lack of a better word, we'll, term, we'll use that. But what the point I'm trying to make is there are no shortcuts. We don't have political and economic problems. Those are symptoms. 
the biggest problem in our culture is a sport, spiritual and moral breakdown. I mean, how is it, Jiggy, that I, I hate to talk about the abortion issue, I really do, but when you have 4,000 babies a day that are having their arms and legs torn off in surgical abortions, how is it that churches can, you know, just go about their normal business every talk about these types of issues or homosexuality being mainlined in our schools in California, it's now part of the curriculum. And, and how is it that, that most of the church is, is pretty much passive in these great uh, immoral and spiritual battles of our day? And I just think that you know, when, 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 when God looks at America, I just think he sees a, a, a lukewarm, uh, dare I say it, Laodicean-type church in America who has lost their first love. And if we would, if we would rededicate ourselves and repent of our sins, seek his face, I believe that he could still, even in these you know, dark days, heal our land. I really do. And that's my hope. Well, Greg, I, I appreciate you joining us today. We're going to catch up with you next Monday, my friend, as always. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, chatting with you each and every week. Check out gregjackson.com, and that's Greg with two Gs, jackson.com. Greg, have yourself a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. I appreciate it. God bless you and your whole audience, Jiggy. Thanks for having me, brother. Definitely. Talk to you soon, man. Later. There's something very, very wrong with us. I feel like such an idiot. Quite right. So you should. We're mutants. Oh, ungratefully. Find out more at JiggyJagwire.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.